Welcome to the Hacking Happy Podcast, a podcast designed to arm you with the tools and experiments that enable you to define happiness on your terms and inject more of it into each day. I'm your host, Penny Lacasso. I'm the world's first happiness hacker, and I have a bold mission, a mission to teach 10 million humans how to realize happiness on their terms by 2025. So if you're ready to ignite your self-belief and eject more of what makes you feel good into each day, let's get started. Good morning, beautiful happiness hackers, and welcome to another episode of the Hacking Happy Podcast. This week's a little bit serious because if I'm completely honest, I'm pissed off. I am frustrated and I'm sad and I'm not going to be silent or quiet about it any longer. What I am seeing in my professional work with working mums is disturbing and frankly, I think something has to be done. I've spent the last probably 10 weeks interviewing dozens of women who have reached out to me off the back of social posts that I have shared around an alarming trend in working women that centers on pervasive burnout. There have been so many tears, so many cries for help, stories of needing to see a psychologist and having to wait five months for the opportunity, stories of significant weight gain, disturbing stories of spending 10 to 12 hours a day attached to a Zoom screen, not moving from one's desk other than to grab a quick tea for perhaps a 10-hour stint of work, and discs bulging out of necks as a result of spending long days sitting looking at a screen. And many of these women have contemplated either quitting or reducing the hours of their highly paid professional jobs. I was so disturbed by what I was seeing in my work that I had to dig deeper. And so I chose to write my most recent psychology paper on the impacts of COVID-19 on working mums and what that is now manifesting as we move into whatever is next. So today I thought I would share with you that paper and at the end I'm going to offer up a couple of simple actions that if you are one of these working mums that I'm speaking about that will help you support prioritizing yourself, your self-care, and your mental and physical health. Now, I apologize if this feels a little heavy, given it is an academic paper that I'm going to share with you, but I do feel it's imperative that I share with you what the research is showing, what the evidence is showing. So bear with me. Here goes. The impact of COVID-19 on working mothers. On March 11, 2020, the World Health Organization announced COVID-19 as a pandemic, driving unprecedented social distancing initiatives around the globe, including the closure of schools, working from home, lockdowns and the removal of in-home support from working families. Working mothers' well-being pre-COVID presented as precarious, with stress levels at 40% above the average. The well-being of working mums is critical to the realisation of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, specifically Development Goal Number 3, centred around good health and well-being, and Development Goal Number 5, realising gender equality and empowering women to unlock their potential. 
Now, gender equality is a basic human right that enables sustainable, diverse and inclusive solutions to global challenges. The impact of COVID-19 on working mothers and their well-being is likely to dilute the inroads made on closing the inequality gap. Traditional gender roles in lockdown scenarios became the default position, with working mothers taking on 2.5 times the amount of domestic unpaid care work. Working from home became the new normal, dissolving the boundaries between work, schooling and life, whilst heightening levels of stress and burnout. Opting out or reducing paid work became a coping mechanism for many working mothers. The aim of this critical review is to understand the impact of COVID-19 on the well-being of working mothers and the realisation of gender equality. During the COVID-19 lockdowns, the acquiescence of gender roles partnered with dissolved boundaries between work and family life increased the likelihood of role conflict, family tension and stress in family units. According to Matucci, the COVID-19 lockdowns presented working mothers with the challenge of their work and domestic shifts combining and requiring simultaneous attention. The evidence suggests that working mothers assumed the bulk of the heightened in-home demands in alignment with traditional gender roles. Eck and Axmon posit that work flexibility can elevate a sense of control, which in turn could provide health benefits. However, flexible working in lockdown diminished boundaries around working hours and cultivated a culture of always on for more than a third of workers. The literature implies that the approach to flexible working is gendered, with women investing flexible time in more domestic duties, whilst men take the opportunity to work more hours, potentially increasing working mothers' load and driving the propensity for family conflict and burnout. Work-life balance for working mothers in lockdown proved elusive, with the addition of the domestic shift impacting self-care and elevating stress. Professional working mothers in lockdown were more likely to feel conflicted in their dual roles due to confusion around priorities and frustration around consistent distractions. According to Collins, this inattention can amplify feelings of self-doubt, guilt and overwhelm. The inordinate care burden on working mothers with school-aged children suggests a trend towards burnout, declining self-esteem and opting out of the workforce. Research undertaken by Kerwin and Entinga poses that working mothers' mental health is still suffering post-lockdown and it's unlikely to return to a healthy baseline. The World Health Organization defines burnout as being depleted of energy, mentally distanced from work and unproductive. Burnout appears pervasive with 42% of professional women, let me repeat that, 42% of professional women and 50% of female leaders feeling burnt out often. According to McKinsey and Company, one in three women have contemplated opting out of paid work in the past year. The impact on the realisation of gender equality is likely significant, with America presenting the lowest female workforce participation rate since 1986. Furthermore, the research implies a potential future increase in workplace burnout if female leaders continue to opt out of paid work, as they are according to evidence or research, as they are much more likely through inclusive action to prevent burnout within teams. Toffoletti and Starr posit that women perceive their inability to achieve work-life balance as a personal failing. 
And I know that's going to resonate with a number of women listening to this podcast because I hear it consistently. Overwork and overload impacts work satisfaction and feelings of inadequacy. Keys and Reef infer that there is a direct correlation between a decline in one's view of self and their mental health. The literature suggests that women's self-esteem is likely to have declined as a result of the disruption to their environment. When self-consistency, or how you look at yourself, your self-consistency, you know, so how you show up in the everyday, is compromised, it impacts working mothers' self-esteem and feelings of control, propelling the need to adapt routines, which further compounds distress. The application of Maslow's hierarchy of needs provides a basis to understand the long-term developmental implications of COVID-19 on working mothers and where the opportunities lie in elevating the population's well-being and realisation of potential. Maslow's hierarchy of needs postulates that one must first satisfy their basic needs before they can developmentally address their growth needs. Failure to do so presents physical and mental health risks. The evidence presented suggests the basic needs of working mothers are often compromised due to the uncertainty of the pandemic situation, dissolve work-life boundaries and gender roles. Winston posits that when working mothers' basic needs are deficient, they consume attention and direct behaviour towards resolution in order to provide a sense of stress relief. Maslow's theory of human development infers a growth pathway which we all want to grow, right? Yet when working mothers' basic needs are not met, growth stagnates, creating a barrier to self-actualization. Now, self-actualization is the need for one to realize their full potential, and I'm sure we all want to do that. The literature posits that self-actualization amplifies motivation, life satisfaction, and is positively associated with psychological adaption. Maslow elucidates that growth needs can prove elusive if our basic needs are stagnant due to social responsibilities, like those inferred through our gender roles. Dugan and Barnes-Farrell promulgate the gendered domestic second shift and its cumulative load depletes working mothers' internal resources and energy, leaving little to no time for self-care. Now, self-care behaviours are fundamental to meeting the psychological and safety needs of working mums as they impact mental and physical resource recovery. When self-care is not prioritised, productivity is impeded, stress elevated, sleep disturbed and exhaustion ever-present. Is it any wonder that these mothers consistently tell me that it doesn't matter how much sleep they have, they wake up exhausted? The evidence suggests a developmental opportunity to break growth stagnation through the provision of self-care education and training for working mothers, supported by organisational policies that incentivise and prioritise employee self-care. Equally, McKinsey and company advocate that dissolved work-life boundaries can be re-established through clear organisational guidance and support around the prioritisation of personal and off-work time. In addition, providing paid parental leave can deliver improved physical and mental well-being for working mothers. These opportunities for intervention enable a means to elevating working mothers' exhaustion elevating self-esteem and creating the mental space to develop self-actualization skills. Now, this critique sought to understand the impact of COVID-19 on the well-being of working mothers and the realisation of gender equality. The literature implies that the growth of working mothers is compromised due to gender roles, pervasive uncertainty and dissolved boundaries. 
The literature presented poses the question, do we truly understand the long-term impacts of work-life overload on working mothers as a unique population? And the evidence suggests possibly not, limiting the diversity and potential for impactful well-being and gender equality remedies and preventative interventions. Research specific to the population is sparse. As the true number of working mothers exiting paid work as a result of wellbeing challenges and the long-term impact on gender equality cannot be determined. Equally, there is no specific research on burnout in working mothers, nor a view of the cognitive and emotional labour undertaken when assessing the gender distribution of domestic unpaid work. Equally of growing concern is the scale of strain across working mothers' mental and physical well-being, along with the degradation of inroads made around gender equality and well-being for all. It is recommended that further research be undertaken to understand the most resource-depleting aspects of paid work and family work so that targeted interventions can be applied. I'm also recommending longitudinal research on working mothers that tracks physical and cognitive load, well-being, stress, burnout, and internal resource depletion tasks. <sighs> Let me pause there for a moment. It's heavy, right? It is heavy. It was heavy writing it, and it's still heavy reading it in terms of what we are seeing and how it is just depleting working mothers. And I'm not saying other people aren't affected by COVID, but my passion is about working mothers, professional working women, because that is where I'm seeing the greatest impact and equally because these are the people that hold or deliver the greatest share of care within society, both for the elderly and for the next generation, it is critical that we ensure that working mums are mentally and physically well. Hey there, thought I'd just press pause for a moment and ask you a question. I wonder if, like I used to, you use work as a form of escapism to avoid feelings that bubble under the surface and whisper to you constantly, this is not the life I want to live. But what if it doesn't have to be this way? What if I told you you could bounce out of bed feeling confident in your path because you know what action to take to feel aligned and in motion with the life you long for? If you'd like to do this year differently, shift gears into freedom mode, let your priorities drive your time, not the other way around, feel courageous and confident in uncertainty and holistically supported on the journey, Flourish Forward Coaching might be right for you. Go to flourishforwardcoaching.com to book a discovery call today. So firstly, if any of this speaks to you because it feels like I'm talking about you, please reach out. This is what I'm here for. My email address, hello at hackinghappy.co, is in the show notes. I would absolutely love to interview you and perhaps provide you with a couple of simple ways you can start to put your own oxygen mask on first. If you'd like to download a copy of this paper and perhaps share it with your work or just read it for yourself, I will also pop the link in show notes for you to do that. Equally, if you are a leader in an organisation who is tired of seeing what I'm seeing, tired of losing valuable talent and tired of losing profits to burnout, 
I would love to have a conversation on how we can prevent burnout from becoming part of your company culture. Again, I'll put my email in the show notes, hello at hackinghappy.co. <sighs> okay, now if you are one of these working mums who wakes each day exhausted, no matter how much sleep you've had, only to feel overwhelmed at the thought of what you have to try and squeeze into the day ahead, let me now share with you off the back of all of this research, a couple of really simple resources and actions that might help you step out of where you are. Tip number one, stop filling a full pond. You cannot, you cannot keep adding into a full day. You are one human with 24 hours. We all are one human with 24 hours, which means there are limits to what we can physically and mentally deal with. So when you try and keep adding more into an already full day, it's like a pond, yeah, filling a full pond. Basically, things just start to overflow out of the top. So the first step is to become aware of what you can take away from your day. So many women come to me and say, I need help with productivity. I need to learn how to be more productive so I can get more of what I need to get done. I actually think what we need to do is the complete and utter opposite because what I find is often it's not their productivity that's the problem. The load that they are carrying is inhuman is probably the best way to put it. So one of the first places I start with my coaching clients is looking at how we can empty the full pond and make sure that whatever we put back into that pond is meaningful and doesn't completely deplete them of every mental and physical resource that they have. So if you would like to empty some of the water out of your full pond and put back in some of the stuff that energizes you, take a listen to podcast episode of the Hacking Happy podcast series number 54, The Lessons of 2021, to get your hands on a beautiful little reflection tool that can enable you to get clarity on what you need to let go of in order to create the space to feel more energized and lean into more of your dreams. I'm going to pop all the links to these resources in the show notes, so don't worry if you missed it. Tip number two, with boundaries dissolved between work and life, you have an opportunity to take back control and put those boundaries back in place. And if you don't, trust me, no one else will. So if you struggle with boundaries, I would highly recommend listening to episode number 13 of the Hacking Happy podcast, How to Bounce Forward with Boundaries. Now, you will learn through this podcast how to put some hard boundaries around your self-care your family time and your work and you'll also learn how to make sure that you communicate these boundaries consistently so that others are aware of where your boundaries are. Once you're clear on what you can take off your plate and how to protect your time with boundaries, I want you to focus on practicing how to say no. Now, in order to do that in a really practical way, take a listen to podcast episode number 41 entitled How to Say No in the Most Practical Way, and it will teach you how to start practicing a no. And this is a beautiful little tool to protect those boundaries that you've put in place. Tip number four, self-care is critical to your mental and physical health. 
and equally to your ability to show up wholeheartedly in life in the way that you want to and be the amazing human that you are. Self-care is not something you do in your spare time, of which I'm guaranteeing most of you have none. It is a daily practice that your body, quite literally, cannot live without. So prioritise your self-care. 15 minutes minimum at the beginning of the day. Schedule it in and start your day doing something that recharges your mental and physical batteries. It can be absolutely anything as long as it helps you recharge. Now, if you've got kids and the mornings are chaos, schedule that 15 minutes as the first 15 minutes after you drop them to school or childcare, make that a little circuit breaker at the start of your day. And tip number five, perhaps the most profound and yet the most simple, ask for help. So many women that I speak to have been trying to sort out this burnout, this overwhelm, and I get goosebumps saying it on their own, and they feel like they are on their own and they are not. If you are feeling burnt out, if you are consistently exhausted, it is time, my friend, to ask for help. You don't have to do this alone. And um, if this podcast has taught you nothing else, you are not alone. (laughs) There are so many people going through this. So lastly, I want to close out with a story because when I started writing this podcast, I was triggered, triggered back to my old corporate life and something that happened that I've never actually shared. And it was, um, it was a bit of a profound moment. So let me share this story with you because I hope again for anyone who is trying to carry this load alone, this will perhaps inspire you to reach out and get the support that you need. So back in my old corporate life, I found I was trying to be all things to all people. And I also found myself one day in a meeting room with two very senior executives from The Hague, which was the head office of Shell over in the Netherlands. And these two senior executives, we used to call these sort of guys gods in the Shell world as a joke because they were so far up the food chain. Now, they had come out to Australia to do an audit, which was very common in Shell, on a multi-billion dollar project that I was a part of. Their job was to interview all of the cogs in the machine, me being one, to make sure that they minimise risk and any delivery delays that could actually cost the company significantly. So you can imagine what sitting in that room with them felt like. I can only liken it to an interrogation scenario where their job was to pull apart everything I did in my work to find holes and make sure they were plugged. Now, these guys, let me be very clear, they weren't bad people. They weren't mean people. They were just there to do a job. And up until that point in time, quite honestly, I was unconscious of where I was at mentally and physically. It wasn't until after I explained to the so-called interrogators, as I will call them, all that I was responsible for doing. And they literally turned around to me in that meeting and asked me if I was sane. They literally said, you must be crazy, suggested that the load that I was carrying was way more than one person was humanly capable of. My body literally took over. And for the first time in my life, I burst into tears in front of strangers at work. I felt stupid, humiliated, exhausted to the point where I had to literally excuse myself from the room. This had never happened in a 15-year career. 
I quite literally got up, walked out and left work and said nothing to anyone and sat in the car park, in my car, bawling my eyes out. I felt weak and I felt incompetent. How was it that I couldn't handle this conversation? And as I look back now, it was because I was completely burnt out, depleted of all resources and unable to self-regulate. The load was too much. I was far from weak. My body and mind was crying out for help. And thankfully, at the time, I had the support of amazing humans around me that enabled me to turn my situation around. Now, I share this with you because if you feel like you could explode like I did at any minute, that is a sign. It's a sign that you are walking over your body's warning signals. Listen to that inner voice, my friend, because so many of us don't. It is sending you a very important message. Right now is the time to get the help you need. You are not weak. You are not incompetent. The reality is you're freaking amazing. You just need the support to step off the burnout superhighway and step back into life. I am completely here if you need me. Reach out via the email in show notes and please let's have a chat. You do not have to deal with this shit alone. Until next time, my beautiful listeners, happiness looks good on you. Bye for now. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Hacking Happy podcast. If there was something that ignited a flame or sparked a thought within you from this conversation, please take a screenshot and share it on your preferred social media platform. Feel free to tag me in Hacking Happy Co or Penny Lacalso. Reviews are so important to reaching my goal of making 10 million beautiful humans just like yourself happier. So if you enjoyed your listen, please take a moment, leave a review and a rating on your preferred podcast listening platform. Until the next episode, remember, happiness looks good on you. Bye for now.